0: What's up, everybody? John Hoover, AllSooners, AllSooners.com, along with Randall Sweet, Ryan Chapman. We are post-game. This is your post-game Oklahoma-Kansas blog. You guys probably aren't going to want any part of this, but uh, let's just say we got some bones to pick with uh, this game, uh, the weather, mm-hmm. Kansas as a whole, not not the team, the state. Uh, what else? Uh, the officials, the coaching staff, the
1: players. We got some bones to pick. You're going to want to stick around for this, Ryan. Uh, tons of bones to pick with the coaching staff, particularly for me, as Oklahoma Falls 38-33, to 33, their final trip to Lawrence, maybe ever, yeah. certainly the last time in the Big 12. Uh, Oklahoma, let's see, they had a disaster start. Then they endured a 58-minute weather delay. They got back on the horse and looked like there was a moment that they might pull away and end the game in the first half. Then all hell breaks loose in the second half. You have four lead changes in the last 16 minutes. And it ended with a terrible, terrible offensive possession with a chance to kill the game. A Kansas touchdown. No late-game magic with under a minute left. And... The goalpost that was in the south end zone is in a lake somewhere in Lawrence, Kansas, as uh, the field was stormed, and Oklahoma will head into Bethlehem 7 1 instead of 8 0. Allsooners.com is where you can find it all. That's it. Appreciate you guys watching. No, <laughs>
0: that's a summary now. That is an absolute summary. Uh, as Ryan said, 38 33 was the final score. First time they've lost to Kansas, you guys. First you think Oklahoma coming to Kansas is an automatic win after 24 years of it, 20, whatever the number is, to 18 straight games they've beaten Kansas. Last time they lost to them was 1997. Who was the coach in 1997? Is it the first time since John Blake? Is that what, is that the, hey, the hey. ringing endorsement that we refrained over and over and over last year? Well, we got to do it again this year. It wasn't 1998, though, so that is improvement in year two for Bristol. First time KU's beaten a top 10 team at home in 39 years. These guys weren't even born. No, I was. Uh, Randall, you're down there on the field, 30 degree temperatures with the wind chill, sideways rain at times. Um, you were miserable, and we all felt <laughs> for you. You did a great job with the highlights. Go to allsooners.com to watch.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it was really interesting because it felt like there weren't a lot of highlight plays throughout this game. But going back and watching, there were a lot of big, meaningful plays, a lot of big, meaningful moments. And I mean, Dylan Gabriel throws that pick six right from the right from the the first Sooners' first drive, I think. And I mean, I think all of us on the sideline looked at each or on in on the field looked at each other and said, "Well." Dylan Gabriel, not good in the cold weather. I mean, yeah. that's what we saw last year. It was obvious. A guy from Hawaii played it, started his career in Florida. And, uh, again, cold weather kind of uh, seemed to be part of his kryptonite last year. He, after that throw, it didn't seem like he played terribly today, but he obviously. He had 12 straight completions. Yeah. So he, was, he, he had a decent game statistically.
0: But I think that first throw scared Jeff Levy. Yeah. And they said, you know what, today's the day we're going to have to run the football. Mm. And guess what? Oklahoma ran the football. We're talking about some things that are good right now. 12 consecutive completions or whatever. 11 of 13, I think he was at one point. Uh, They ran the football for a season high, 264 yards uh, on the ground. Towie Walker, career high, 146. There's a lot to like about some of the things they did. But, guys, I created a list on my Mac right here. It's a a long list. Shall we get to it?
1: Yeah. Shall we dig in? Where where to start? um, I'll start right here. Coaching decisions, yeah. What well, both coach, faced. Coaching decisions. It felt like there was a moment where Oklahoma flipped the game. It was twenty-one straight points. Yeah. yeah, it was before the weather delay. It bridged both sides of the weather delay. And Walter Rouse started left tackle as he's done all season long. Savion Bird started at left guard. McKay Mattier came back to the lineup at right guard. Okay. And that thing went a couple of drives, and then Walter Rouse and Savion Bird got yanked. Now, for Rouse, it looked like he had a big... Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a brace, because we could just see one band, if you're watching on the YouTube, go to John Hoover Media, uh, one you know, big band on his right shoulder he had a wrap, yeah, And so I have to imagine that for a guy that's been so consistent, that was hampering him. Mm-hmm. And then Caden Green came back in at left guard, which we had... Killed the Caden Green discussion on Wednesday, right? If you listen to the midweek pod, it was Caden Green. It was all done, except it was Savion Burr. And then, magically, Caden Green comes in. The mental errors go, get a lot smaller, and Oklahoma starts moving down the field and reels off the 21 playing straight ne- points. Playing next to Jake Sexton. Yeah, and, and so you had those two guys come in, plus Tommy Walker, his reintroduction after the argument with a staff member that led to the in-house suspension. And suddenly, for the first time all year, the running game looked yep. dominant. Yep. Kansas came in with the 94th-ranked run defense, and Oklahoma
0: exploited it in segments, right? In segments. They did it, and then they stopped, and they did something else. And then they tried something else, and then they went back to the running game.
2: I mean, you mentioned Savion Bird. We saw that crucial, crucial – Personal foul. Yeah, that's on the on list. Player mistakes. Oh, it's down here.
0: Wrong uh, coaching decision. I'll, ahead I'll, ahead.
2: I'll avoid that one. But yeah, I mean, the, the offensive line rotation was really interesting. That was something that I kept noticing on the field. You know, felt like every drive it was a different five guys out mm-hmm. there. And um, I'm not gonna act like I'm an offensive line expert, but I did play football and I know that offensive linemen love continuity. I know that that chemistry. Chemistry. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a better better word for it. Um, and I, I, it, it seems like it's hard to find when you're rotating your guys in in and out, and again, that could be injury related, but seemed like with some of those guys, it was also performance I related.
0: I didn't follow Brent's answer to my question. He kind of trailed off and went in a little bit of a tangent, I thought. But Levy said, to, for, you know, they tried to keep running the football. They had to do some different things, had some guys in and out. Uh, I think Ty we got banged up at one point. No Marcus Major today. So some things went sideways with the running game, but that's as dominant a performance as we've seen Oklahoma run in the football all year, and really going back to last year. Uh, deep into last year, I think. A um, couple of hundred yard runners in the uh, bowl game, but this was power. This was dominant. This was running guys over, big holes. Uh, choosing with the Dylan Gabriel touchdown, he takes it around the end and there's nobody there. And he just he basically strolled into the end zone. Um, so there's a, there's a lot to like, but let's talk about some of these coaching decisions. I thought they stopped running the football and I asked Jeff Levy about that. And did you get away from it? You established it. You established the run, but did you get away from it? He said, Yeah, we we tried to do a lot of different things, try to keep him guessing. Uh we may have gotten away from it a little bit. Yeah, I think they
1: did. Well, they, they got away from it for his own personnel decisions. They put Savion Byrd yes. and Walter Rouse in on that very, very last drive mm-hmm. of the first half. There were 50 seconds left. Everyone in the press box thought that was bizarre. I initially gave them the benefit of the doubt, tried to explain it away, saying if those were the two guys you had in running your two-minute drill stuff, then maybe that's what they just wanted to do for those 50 seconds, knowing that those guys had worked on Wednesday. But then Oklahoma starts the second half with those guys, and suddenly the running, it's not going the same place again. Kansas yeah. was selling out. and Jalil Farouk is your tailback. You, what? You, well, you here, here's how... These the, are decisions that the coaching staff makes that we're all sitting here around going, "What?" Yeah. As the game's unfolding, we're not second guessing; we're first guessing. Yeah, it, it goes punt, punt, fumble. That's the first three drives of the second half. Savion Bird has the massive 15-yard personal foul penalty on the on the second drive of the second half. I'm sorry, Savion Bird, I'm done. Yep. Caden Green, McCain we'll Metower, Caden Green, Caleb Schaefer, Caden Green, Troy Everett, Savion Bird doesn't need to play. He's not physical enough. He, he. There are all these mental errors just not happening. So that's what happens on the first two drives the Farouk fumble, suddenly Oklahoma looks up and they're down, they have to throw the football again. It was all yeah. self-inflicted. Yeah,
2: the, I think, you know, while we're talking about kind of play calling and, you know, the running, there was one drive in the second half, I think it was later in the game, and I, I apologize, I don't remember exactly where in the game or where on the field. They're, they were in Oklahoma territory or close to the midfield. Oklahoma runs the ball twice to, I think, uh... Well, I know the second one was to Barnes. And then on third and six or third and seven, they ran a QB draw that went nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I... I, It was two carries to Barnes and 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 Dylan in between. Dylan on second down. Right, and and I I just didn't really understand. I mean, three three straight plays that went right into the back of the offensive line and then you're punting again. And that was a a crucial drive that Oklahoma needed to not only shave some time off the clock, but move the ball into Kansas field position. Yeah,
0: so um, what we're referencing there might have been that three and out at the end of the game. Because that was the sequence, was Barnes, Dylan, Barnes. And you're wondering what's going on with Barnes. Where, Why all of a sudden Javante Barnes, who hasn't played all season, hasn't played in a month, gets out there and he gets the two of the three most important carries of the game. Right. Uh, Tawi Walker apparently got banged up. He came in for post-game interviews. He
1: sounded good. Didn't sound like he was hurt. He said he had a lower leg injury. He couldn't cut. He didn't feel like he, he could effectively put his foot okay. to the ground and cut. So he wanted someone else to be 100%. Fine. Guess what? When was the last time, pop quiz, Javante Barnes carried the football? Yeah. Tulsa, week three. Gavin Sawchuck closed the fourth quarter against UCF a week ago. I DeMarco Murray, figure it
0: out. It's a mystery. It's an yeah. absolute mystery. So um, Brent Venable said he wanted to call timeout on that uh, fourth down. That was the big conversion, big uh, completion down the field. He wanted to call timeout to settle his defense. He thought he was going to allow that to, uh, to, to stop the clock for, for Kansas. He said he wanted to, he's thinking about it, and then, he, and then he wishes he had. If he had, he wouldn't have had uh, timeouts at the end of the game for that offensive possession that they needed, obviously. So I'm not like uh, riding on that
1: one too but much. But that was – so in the context, though, that's after the offense goes and craps down their leg when yeah. they needed one first down with 229 in Kansas territory yeah. to win the game. Then Kansas is marching down the field. In hindsight, yeah, you need those timeouts. If you call the timeout – the game is over right. if you win the fourth and sixth play, right. and the defensive line wasn't set. Kendall Dolby didn't know what the play call yeah. was. It was they were all
0: over the place. They
1: the whole they were getting the call while Kansas yep. was in a snap was getting ready to snap the ball. They were right. still over here looking, getting right. the call. The whole side of the defense, the secondary on the OU sideline. Can Walker, who had a stinker, had no he, clue what was happening. Right. Kendall Dolby, who had a sneaker, had no clue what was happening, running wide open. I do not understand how you mentally, as as much as Brett Middles knows about defense, the trade-off of your defensive line isn't even set and the secondary doesn't know the play. How is that better than Kansas gets an extra minute to think about the play yeah. and draw it up? It's not in any world.
0: They probably should have handled that differently. Another one that they should have handled differently was the personal foul penalty by Kendall Dolby, which was argued by a, uh, an assistant coach, which video shows – I saw it myself just a few minutes ago. Our man Eddie Ratto showed me the video. Video shows that Brent Venables was grabbing Bill Biedenbow saying, What did you just do? It was Bill Biedenbow, apparently, apparently, who uh, shall we say, cursed out an official? The official said, I didn't like the language, and he threw a 15-yard penalty. Okay, so we're holding players accountable, we're holding the head coach accountable, we got to hold the assistant coaches accountable. This wasn't like a bump in the pat, you know, the, the official bumps into somebody on the sideline. This was an official saying, you just said what to me? Here's 15 more, buddy. You can't do that. He may have, coaches, OU coaches may be getting away with that their entire career and it not get called. Guess what? You're moving to the SEC. You're leaving this conference. Those dudes have a sniper rifle trained on you for move. You make a move and they're gonna pull the trigger and that's what we saw tonight.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that penalty really cost OU in that. That was a
0: thirty-yard exchange. Yep, and, and on one
2: play. And, and that's that's in the game's final drive. It, yes. It, 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 no, no, no. That that wasn't that was not the last. That was, not last. last. That, was, that was yeah. It was it
1: was earlier than it was before the fruit fumble. It was in between um, the second punt. That's when Kansas is able to go down the field. They cut it to twenty-one to twenty. Then OU comes back. The fruit fumble happens. Then Kansas goes and takes the lead. Um, so that was all third quarter because. Here was, and we put this in the live blog. This is why you got to go to the AllSuiters.com live blog. Here was the third quarter. This is at 2.19 p.m. Third quarter coaching staff so far. We've talked about bringing back um, Rouse and Bird for Sexton and Green. Uh, Then on special teams, before that play, Luke Elzinga, who boomed an average of 50 yards per punt last week, suddenly was asked to do a rugby kick, and Kansas gets great field position. Then... Um, Bean caught Kendall Dolby looking in the backfield. Sorry, it was in the fourth quarter. This is just the third quarter. Start of the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. then 21-20, then the fumble happens, Kansas goes up, and then the next Kansas drive is when they give up 30 yards of field position. It wasn't on the last drive, the last scoring drive. But again, it's the fourth quarter. It's a dogfight. We mentioned it. Score changes four times. That cannot happen. Yeah. Especially, it wasn't like this was the Oklahoma defense of the first five weeks that was shutting people out. they they were missing tackles. Jason Bean, if, if he hadn't missed the tight end two times, it would have been even worse today.
0: How many uh, up-downs is Bill Bedenkog going to have to do for that? I, it doesn't matter. You've, right. had, you've
1: had how many sideline warning penalties, and, and they haven't more gotten than, away with it? More than we've seen
0: ever for the Oklahoma field. T- again, 20 years, guys. I'll keep bringing this up. I've
1: never seen sideline penalties like these guys get. It's It was, what, two sideline penalties in the first five weeks. Now Bill Biedenboe. Two warnings, um, too. Yeah. Two penalties, two warnings. Yeah, and it looks like, per the video, Bill, Bill Biedenboe's costing Oklahoma an extra 15 yards. Like, look, Kendall Dolby... He did the German suplex. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kendall Dolby heard the whistle in time because the guy had just kind of stepped out right, of bounds. That's a bang bang extra, play. Sure. It sucks. You, an offensive coach of all people, can't get that pivot. Mm-hmm. You had offensive line crap to figure out. <laughs> That's
0: another thing. Uh, Jalil Farouk, the handoff up the middle, was a what the you know what play. Um, Jalil Farouk on the edge, getting him to the corner, uh, jet sweeps and stuff like that. Speed, elusiveness, a little bit of power. But you turned and handed him off up the middle, and he took a hit from a big D lineman or heavy linebacker, jarred the ball loose. You're a wide receiver. You're used to catching catching the football, and you're used to taking hits from 180, 190, 200-pound guys. Not 300-pound dudes. That's what happened. Ball came out. It was a nice hit. Great play by Kansas to separate man from ball. But uh, that's a situation where, where are your running backs? Yeah. Why aren't you handing the football to the running backs? Or running some kind of misdirection with your quarterback, which worked great today.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it really is fascinating because, like we mentioned already, Tommy Walker was having such a solid game at that point. At that point, he would already broken off a few runs. He was breaking tackles. And, I mean, we were noticing down there on the field that, as it gets colder, as it gets rainy, yeah. Tommy Walker's a solid dude. Yeah. People are not going to want to run into him repeatedly. These Kansas defenders, especially when he gets to the second level and he's taking on linebackers, defensive backs, those guys are not going to want to repeatedly deal with that um, that physicality and mm-hmm. that pain that he brings behind his pads. I mean, Brent Venable said he played well behind his pads today. and So to take that guy off the field, to not even put, like you mentioned, yeah. Gavin Satchuk, who closed the game last week, or even Javante Barnes, who closed the game today. Uh, and to put a receiver back there again, curious decision. If you if you want him to run something kind of tricky, some sort of sweep that that makes sense, but it doesn't make sense to just move a receiver into the backfield, especially if that's not something that he's used to.
0: Um, the end of the game, the three and out. After Ethan Downs basically won the game, Ethan Downs drops. He wasn't. I don't think that was a zone blitz where he's supposed to drop in coverage, but he recognized what was going on and he stayed with that tight end. Here comes the quarterback, and he just lofted it up. I'll take that. And he gets him now like 10 yards on the return, like he's dragging the whole team. (laughs) He won the game, Ethan Downs did. Only the offense goes into a shell, run up the middle three times. And what what did you guys think of that? Your, Your objective is to make them burn their timeouts. Mission accomplished, but then you kick the ball into the end zone with your pooch punter and they go, what, 80 yards for a touchdown, uncontested
1: almost against that defense. What's the point of having a fifth-year starting quarterback if you can't trust him to go win you the game in that yeah, moment? Yeah,
0: throw the football. If you can't trust him to go win you the game, I He's been contender, right?
1: What? Yeah, I, I really don't know truthfully. Once you get into that third down play, and I think you should go into a play action or an RPO or something. I'll throw it on second. Um, I, I just I don't know what the point is of saying there were okay, nine guys in the box on that third down. Yeah, I, I mean it, you. Sorry to cut you off. No, I just play action. Tell Dylan Gabriel, if the ball's not there, you just run it. If you're not going to get it, make them use that last time. Like, he should right. know that, right? right? And and I I know that we've talked about the cold weather and stuff like that. The rain was a little bit lighter toward the end. I didn't think that the balls Dylan Gabriel was throwing looked all that bad or anything. And you're just asking him to throw a, at that point, I think it was third and seven. seven. Yeah, third and seven. So you're just asking him, like, maximum 10-yard ball. You know what I mean? And, and that... Right there, I think, is where Oklahoma is missing Andrew Anthony a ton. We did we only saw Brendan Thompson on that last gas for real. Like he was out there a couple times, but Brendan Thompson asked to stretch the field on that very, very final possession. There is no field stretcher. And you know what? When Jalil Fruit's in the backfield, there's sure as hell not anyone that can stretch the field. Don't let him just run go routes. Um Angel Anthony, though, where he was able to run those routes to the sticks, get separation, Dylan Gabriel trusted it. You didn't see any of that. I would have been more aggressive there. This is where Jeff Levy gets way too cute and then way too concerned. It's like this pendulum of not even aggression, just just trying to do way too much with, oh, let's let's run that sweet play to Gavin Freeman again um, when he's just getting strung out. You saw that on the two-point conversion. And it's then it's a it goes, terrible
0: play. It hasn't worked in a month. Yeah. Years.
1: And then it swings all the way back to, like Randall said earlier, well just run to the back of the line three times and ugh.
0: So I thought Kansas did a nice job in coverage on OU's receivers. They were tight on a lot of receivers, a lot like UCF was last week. Last week, UCF was covering those guys tight. Drake Stoops today led the team four catches, 76 yards. Listen, I know they threw to him on a two-point conversion, and we'll get to the two-pointers here in a minute. But that's my play to Drake Stoops is to roll the pocket, create a little movement, get him going toward the sticks, and you hit him in stride, and he makes a little cut and gets the first down. Did that Several what three times three times a day of his four catches were throws of that variety. I'm working him in the corners there, uh, getting some first downs because that would have effectively ended the game. Um,
2: you want to dive into some player mistakes? Yeah, real quick. You know, you mentioned we're not seeing these field stretches. We're not seeing guys separate. Yeah. Jaden Gibson. I saw him on the field for the final. Like play when they were just going to loft it into the end zone, mm-hmm. and if no one's getting separation, put the guy who's six six out there and let him give him a chance to go make a play. I mean, again, on third and seven earlier. I mean, I don't know. When you're down, one of your main receivers to not even try Jaden Gibson, it doesn't really make sense to me.
1: Well, and and before the season, uh, at local media day, all the way at the start of August, I was talking with him at Jones and. And asking him, hey, you've got these guys that look like speedsters and, and, you know, Farouk, Andrew Anthony, Brennan Thompson. Then you've got these bigger body guys and Anderson Gibson. Do you see him that way? And he's like, well, hold on now. If you look at the GPS data, when Gibson gets going down the field, he is really fast as well. That was what was said back in August. That has not panned out yeah. uh, as far as how they've used Jaden Gibson, at mm-hmm. least. Not saying that he's not that guy, but we just haven't seen him use it that way. Right. Uh, the offense... Again, that's why I wrote the the story. It's on com. The offensive inconsistencies finally came back to bite Oklahoma. And, yes, there were defensive issues. There were player mistakes a lot on defense that we're about to dive into. But, uh, for me, it was all about – I think the play calling has been garbage in like four of these games.
0: Uh, That was was what I was going to finish with was Jeff Levy had a bad game. And he said, we're standing here after a loss. So, yeah, clearly I had a bad game. We should have had a better game. The question is, is he a good offensive coordinator?
1: Uh, As far as. He can be. As far as orchestrating the offense, like week to week, last week, I think you would have. Or last year, excuse me. I think you would have said sure, because the running game felt like it got better and better, and you saw development from Eric Gray, all that stuff. This year, I think the SMU play calling was atrocious. Mm -hmm. I think the play calling today was awful. I think the play calling against UCF was very, very much too cute at times. And I thought the play calling in Cincinnati was dumb and and not really great. And and that was a group that, as we've seen more and more this year, Briggs and Corleone are awesome. And that group stinks yeah. everywhere else. And Oklahoma put 20 points on the board. They, they they come up with plays.
0: Jeff Levy does, or at least options for plays, where for observers of Oklahoma football, longtime observers, we we watch the game. We're not cheering, we're not rooting, but we're watching the game, and we're we have expectations of what we think we should see from the Oklahoma offense, the Oklahoma defense, what have you, right? There are so many plays that Jeff Levy calls where you say to yourself, you look out on the field and you say, what are you doing? What was that? What the, you know what? So I want to get into these player mistakes because we've got to keep the pod moving a little bit. Um, The pick six was obvious. It was an RPO. Um, Dylan Gabriel looked up, thought he had a, a heavy box there, thought that it was time to throw it. Uh, the box was lighter than he thought it was, uh, because there was coverage out there. And the, as I said earlier, the dude he threw it to Farouk, and the dude was in Farouk's pocket, picked it off, and walked into the end zone. Mm-hmm. That's a player mistake, but it's also a little bit of a coach mistake. He, Jeff Levy said, "I should have taken the pass aspect out of that. We should have handed off the football right there."
2: And yeah, I mean, to to me, from what I saw on the field, it looked like he wasn't even really there was no dis- decision. It was just snap and is immediately turning yeah. through the ball and I'm throwing to three yep exactly and I mean and when you predetermine it like that sometimes it'll work out if the play calling is right but then of course in that situation Kansas was in the right formation a uh, right, right spot and uh, yeah I mean for anytime you force a ball like that when there's a guy right there it's usually not gonna end up well Melodotson Dotson took it the other way you know what this game reminded me of it
1: reminded me of and you might have told me on the year Hoove, it's when Oklahoma went to Columbia and gave up the kickoff return on the very (laughs) first play uh Landry Jones handed the ball to a defensive end and let him walk into the end zone like it was like if you are going into i I hesitate to even call this a hornet's desk next week in Stillwater it's going to be bananas this was technically sold out it was a really 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 full stadium but it wasn't totally sold like there were still at the top and on the corners it was loud but there were still some empty seats okay you know what the easiest way to send those fans packing. They thought they were getting
0: basketball tickets. Yeah,
1: <laughs> outside of the rain when it's already rainy and it's kind of iffy weather and it's cold. You know what the easiest thing to make sure that butts stay in seats is? Offering up a defensive score on the third offensive snap of the mm-hmm. game for Oklahoma. Yep. Uh, we talked about the Jaleo Farouk fumble. It's, it's, Got
0: to have better ball control, for sure. You need to have better ball control, but that's a tough call, too. That's a tough play and call
2: where you're putting him in a bad position. It's wet out, too, so it, it is hard to hold mm-hmm. onto the ball in that situation.
0: Uh, Marcus Stripling, what are you doing on kickoff return? <laughs> you,
2: sorry, can I? That's,
0: that's a player mistake because he literally peed down his leg while the ball was in the air. He didn't know to fair catch it like Ethan Downs did a couple of weeks ago. The ball bounced off his chest and is recovered by Kansas. Uh, I don't think that play resulted in points,
2: did it? No. I think
0: Oklahoma's defense held them out.
2: They got so, lucky, yeah. Yeah, so Kansas Kansas ended up missing a field goal on yes. that drive and, and I think part of that was a big help, maybe a penalty holding call on Kansas. I could be wrong, but yeah. Kansas definitely missed a field goal on that. So they got the ball at their own forty, didn't yeah. score. OU had a huge break there. Could have been even worse. But I, I mean, from on the field, we could see exactly what you were saying. Where as soon as he realized the ball was coming to, he, he was scared. I mean, so scared. You, you could tell. And, why
0: are they kicking it to me? And, I'm not here to return that thing. Right.
2: And and the next time out on on kick return, it's Blake Smith in that Smith, spot. And and you're kind of wondering again, like you said, why is a defensive end yeah. lined up on the kick return team? Some in that personnel spot?
1: decisions, man. Well, and, and that was um, that was a special teams issue. Oklahoma had to burn a timeout because they were running a guy out late on a punt. A what? A costly timeout. Yeah, Uh, Oklahoma had to burn that timeout. Oklahoma had a – and that was covering a punt. Mm -hmm. Then they had a punt return where Kendall Dolby was so hyped up that he finally made a play after a pretty poor game from him. Should have just ran with Tasama called the entire time. He was awesome every time he was on the field. He was good. And yeah. it pretty uh, And it didn't cost Oklahoma because the Gavin Freeman was set up, it looked like, on the Kansas sideline, the west sideline to return that. The punt went to the east sideline. But that's three special teams miscues. One cost a timeout. One fumbled almost should have cost you points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Details,
0: though, right? Key Lawrence dropped an interception that was right to him. And you're thinking at that point, that could have clinched the game. Well, yeah. two plays later, Ethan Downs got his pick. But that's still a mistake. Ethan, key right now is, uh, is flying back home, and he's thinking, I didn't have a good game. I could have finished it with an interception, or at least put it in, in position to be won. Uh, personal fouls on Savion Bird and Kendall Dolby. Oh, sorry. What? Go ahead.
2: Uh, it, if, I don't know if, you, if we were going to hit it, but while we're talking about pe- cost of penalties, Nick Anderson late in the game too. You got it right here. All right, I'll, That's I'll, next. I'll, I'll, I'll hold off then. You got to trust me. Yeah, you got to trust me. I'm right, going all in. Right.
0: I don't know if I'm getting all of them, but I'm trying. Uh, Nick Anderson lines up fourth
1: and two, fourth and three. It was fourth and
2: seven. They were, But they looked like they were going to go for it. and then- Well,
1: it was fourth and three, wasn't it, and they took the penalty? Well, it was fourth and seven and then back to fourth and 12 because they couldn't
2: get any yards running the ball. Right.
0: Okay, I was thinking there was a fourth and three. They took the penalty and made it fourth that, and eight. That,
2: that was going the other direction. Going the other direction. And, okay. and they, they, took, they took a delay of game. I think they took the delay of game, and then they called the timeout. They, that's it. They yeah, took the delay yeah. of
0: game, got the five yards, called timeout, ran the punt team out there, or ran the offense out there again to try to get them off sides. And Nick Anderson just twitches. No, nope. like, He gets down in his stance. It's like, didn't, what, what are you guys even doing there? Trying to draw him offsides, and you're the one that goes
1: offsides. An all-time surrender, Cobra zoomed though by the yeah, Fox crew because it, it just. Oh, man. This is all the crap that they did last week and got away with it because John Rice Plumley had a big old brace on his knee. Yeah. Uh, Devin Neal, Daniel Hyshaw, and. Uh, Jason Bean was awful today, but Highshaw and Neal were that good. This should have not been a chance for Oklahoma to come back. They were just lucky that Bean can't hit his tight end over the middle. Mm -hmm.
0: Jason Bean was awful throwing the football. He's pretty good running it. Um, We'll go into a couple more things. They had more missed tackles this game. I think Fox said at one point in the first quarter, first half, first quarter, They've got five missed tackles. Uh, they ended up with more missed tackles this game than in any game this season. And that includes, I think, 16 last week. I think they missed more than that this week. Uh, and then the, the capper. You've got uh, Kansas committing five penalties for 45 yards, I think. Five for 50-something. Um, yeah, five for 55. And you've got Oklahoma committing 11 penalties for 101 yards. We've talked about some of them. The personal foul, the unsportsmanlike, and the sideline Coach opening his mouth, yelling at a uh, at an official. So many mistakes, and not just mistakes, but absolutely crucial ones. That yeah. wiped out what was – there was a lot of good plays to like about this game.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, you talked about Nick Anderson, false start. I mean, we've talked about some of these other plays. But, I mean, not not only did they kill offensive drives at times, but it put the defense in bad spots. And those broken tackles, I mean, you could tell – if you, if you told some, if you told, telling me that stat doesn't surprise me at all, because even though I'm not keeping stats down there on the field, it seemed like every time Kansas uh, had a, an outside zone play, an outside run, yeah. they were breaking at least one or two tackles yeah. uh, on the perimeter. So you know, many missed Safeties, both that's, safeties. That's what I was going to say, the defensive backs, backers It was, I mean, Billy Bowman, uh, some of these guys that are usually pretty sure tacklers, or at least who have been this season, I mean, it's like they were whiffing on, I mean, no, obviously Neil and Hyshaw are very talented backs, but it's not like OU has not seen backs of this caliber yeah, before. For sure. Um,
0: let's get into. Are we done with the player mistakes? Anything else jump out at you guys?
1: Kendall Dolby and Kenai Walker were lost
0: all day. Yeah, Kenai Walker turned his back on Daniel uh, on uh, Jason Bean's thirty-nine yard touchdown run. Just yeah. turned his back and let him go yeah. right past him. That was so weird. Um, so not just glaring mistakes that gave the football to the other team or created a 15-hour penalty, but just stuff that you just look at and say, what, what are you doing? What are you thinking out there?
1: Yeah, after the game, Venables said the Gentry Williams injury is not long-term, mm-hmm. but um, they they got to figure that out because Jacoby Johnson was fine over there after they kind of pulled the plug on Walker, only because, again, Walker and Dolby, those guys looked like just totally lost, yeah. lost all confidence I don't know why. Get Like, McCullough has gotten beat on that Screen and Go stuff in Cincinnati. He's been pretty good since then, and he mm-hmm. was one of the few guys that was giving you tackles for loss, yes. it felt like, or yeah. blowing up the short right. passing game mm-hmm. and forcing Kansas to be more one-dimensional. Now, being one-dimensional with this Kansas running game is a different one-dimensional than probably any other team in the country, but still, um, I, I just didn't understand why they – kept rolling Dolby out there. It just wasn't a good game. Dolby's been really good for the most part. He's been good. He's kind of earned that that benefit of the doubt there. Uh, But he was bad for four quarters. And and they, they were quick... If the offensive line can make those rotations the way that they do and the running backs when, when you, they make one mistake, then Dolby should not have been back on the field for a, quite a bit and let McCall just see what
2: he was going to do. You know? they, they also lost Reggie Pearson due to targeting after he had not played his best game of the season either.
0: You keep jumping ahead. Let's oh, talk about sorry. the officials' calls. Let's talk <laughs> about the officiating calls. The, uh, the sideline catch for a 29-yard th- uh, t- completion, I think, should have been an interception. Uh, well well, could have been an interception it's through his hands. Um, but where if you're if you're Oklahoma, you're Brent Venables and you're you're asking the question and you look up on the video board, they got a nice big sized video board in here, which doesn't always work It's big black squares out of it today. But if you're Brent Venables, you gotta ask the question, how did you confirm that? Yeah. Because the ref, the the uh, replays that we saw didn't confirm anything. Like like he had one foot inbounds and hadn't established both feet back in bounds. The ball was tipped, which means he can catch it first or, or touch it next. You know, he can't go out of bounds and be the first one to touch it, but it was touched by a defensive player, but his feet were not set. His feet were not established. And I just, I'm just like, okay, if you use the word confirmed, confirmed is the thing that that play wasn't. I'm not sitting here complaining about referee I guess I am, <laughs> but the, it, com, confirmed was the one thing that that play was not.
2: It, it felt like when they came back, if if anything, it was going to be a call stands. Stands, as in you know, you can't replay. Yeah, we
0: impression. we don't know. Right, like we we called it this way because we saw it, but then we looked at the re, at the replay and we still don't know. I I can get behind that. Yeah. Right. But don't come out and say we saw both of his feet in the in the grass and and the whole thing. You've got that uh, that little thing called up. The pool Eric Bailey with the uh, pool reporting tonight sent the Big Twelve some officiating interpretations and they sent him back this. Yeah, here's the clarification.
1: Quote: The ball was touched by the defense, so the offensive player's right foot reestablished him in bounds, and he can legally touch the ball. So that was that. Point. So you can be
0: reestablished in bounds with one foot, in case you didn't know, because I sure didn't. I, I mean, I
2: didn't know that either. I'd never seen that happen. Being
0: before. in bounds means you're you're in bounds. You got both feet in bounds. But who knows? <laughs> they come up with this. And then the Reggie Pearson targeting. First of all, I thought it was a bad spot because Bean slid. He's going for the end zone. He's going to put the game away, right? He's going for the end zone. What does he do? He slides at the two yeah, yard line. He begins his slide at the two yeah. yard line instead of reaching the ball across mm-hmm. for the, which was goofy on his part. Yeah. But then Reggie Pearson is like, I can't let you get the ball across the end zone. Oh wait, you're sliding. It was bang, bang, it was a decision. And they came up with targeting. And I'm like, I'm watching the replay and I'm like, well, I don't think it's targeting. I think it might be a late hit, you know, hitting a sliding quarterback, which Dylan Gabriel gets hit three or four times a game yeah. try- when he's trying to slide, including today twice today. Yeah. You, But he hit him with force and hard enough that they called targeting. And I'm like, that was just kind of a shoulder to the chest. Yeah. Did I not? Did I miss a different angle of the replay where it was not, where is that? Where it was actual? He was going
2: for his head. Well, on the field, again, it's hard to see that big video board from where we were standing on the field with some of the fans in the way. But from what we could see, uh, it, it. I kind of thought the same thing that you did—that maybe you know, if anything, again, late hit the guy sliding, but didn't look like he was trying to take his head off. And again, Bean is moving; he's in the process of sliding. So, yeah. so when Pearson launches, it's a, it's hard to you know really determine where. But I, I Both of mean, those were just curious, like what they, was... they were, and and wasn't that on third third down also? I, yes, because so, that was going to set up fourth and goal. Right, so so it would have been a fourth and goal situation that ends up being a costly penalty, and I now, had moved on.
0: I'm like, oh, they're going to kick a field goal here. Nope,
2: they got the first down. What? And, and now yeah. no Reggie Pearson for the first half of Bedlam. Yep.
1: The Big 12 said Pearson, quote, is taking aim and lowering the shoulder to make forcible contact to the head and neck area of the fenceless players. So they just copy and paste the targeting rule. Uh, Oklahoma lost a quarterback that tried to slide on
2: third and two uh, on the goal line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that's, in that's what world, normal. in what world, if you're the ball carrier, do you not dive headfirst across the goal line? The,
0: we're we're not going to spend the whole rest of the podcast uh, crying about the officiating. Those are the two calls that jump out. Those are the two calls that got a response from the conference. So those are the two calls we wanted to talk about. Uh, I disagree with both calls. If I'm out there calling it, uh, or if I'm watching the replay, or if I'm in the conference replay office, I'm probably saying, "Yeah, uh, I can't tell. We're going to have to have that one stand," and I'm probably not going to give a targeting for that. I'm not above giving targeting calls, but not for that. It also there if, was a couple of other calls though that you just throughout the game you just like.
2: Hmm,
0: the, okay. the targeting wasn't
2: initially called targeting, wasn't no. was it? They it was reviewed, booth, they reviewed yeah. it. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's 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 what I thought. So.
1: Oklahoma got some bad spots. Uh, Oklahoma also got Oklahoma also drew a uh, a phantom unsportsmanlike on the sideline. So I, I think the unsportsmanlikes uh, offset each other. If you talk about the Dolby suplex, the German suplex, where I I honestly don't think that he knew the play was over. And the other one that, but the issue was Oklahoma then compounded the German suplex with uh, with the uh, sideline pi. uh, Unsportsmanlike. And, uh, yeah, the Kansas cashed in on there. Like, any football, you get breaks, right? Yeah. Kansas cashed in on theirs, and Oklahoma got too cute. Yep. Yeah. Um, does Jeff Levy need to go to two-point school?
0: As <laughs> soon as we're over 2 today. Okay, so here's my beef with the Oklahoma's two-point conversions. They ran the ball successfully in short-yarded situations, picked up what they needed to to get down to the goal line, score the touchdown, had five rushing touchdowns today. And then say, okay, we're going to throw it these last two yards for the two-point. 0 <laughs> oh for 2, uh, which is not as bad as Kansas. Kansas was 0 oh for 3. <laughs> uh, so. Just two teams combined to go 0 oh for 5. My point is,
1: any of those points down the stretch could have come in handy. The college football world needs to be thankful this didn't go past double overtime to the two-point shootout because everybody involved in two-point conversions this week gets a big, fat F. Yeah. I'm it, thankful. It was a comedy of lunacy and errors and idiocracy as far as the two-point plays went the closest one was actually uh the the last one for each team where jason bead is able to find his tight end who i guess didn't know the football was coming (laughs) when the play was drawn up for (laughs) you he's doing it to me and then by that time uh mccullough who oh wait did did some mccullough was he in position to make a play on a passing play Hmm. hmm hmm uh, he was able to wrap it up and get that thing out of there. And then Oklahoma's last two-point play. I didn't have a huge problem with uh, drawing up a play for Nick Anderson if it's first and goal it from the three. Stoops. I thought it was for Stoops. Well, yeah, because it finally, in the end, went back to Anderson with that contested catch. Like I don't mind that being your second option. Yep. Uh, again, if it's first and goal from the three, not a two-point conversion you got to yeah. have. Yeah,
0: and they covered that Stoops play because we've seen it about four times this year where it's just a little flat, easy two-yard. They were all over it, so it
2: was not open. Yeah. And he had to go somewhere else with it. And the, the other two-point try that oh, OU missed, I believe, was another Gavin Freeman end-around where yes. it, so he, he jumps to stop. from yeah. the five-yard yeah, line? Yeah, I mean, I was I was sitting there like, what is Into I mean, the field. Yeah.
0: They lined up on the right hash yep. and ran it into the boundary of yep. it, Not the field, the boundary. Ran yep. it into the boundary. He gets to the boundary. He's like, I'm at the five. I might as well
2: jump. Yeah. He tries to jump in. I, I didn't know. Only Spencer Tillman can jump in from the five-yard line. I didn't understand why there was no just cut back, put your shoulder down, try to pick up those yards. I, so the play call itself there, again, he's that Gavin play. Freeman ends around, end rounds to the boundary yeah. on a two-point conversion attempt. What are we doing? Gotta
1: Gavin go. Freeman looks like he is so used to, in high school, being able to yep. outrun the defender and then turn upfield. Mm-hmm. We have not seen Gavin Freeman consistently put his right foot down in the ground and cut upfield and get mm-hmm. any kind of yardage on those plays. Yep. I asked Jeff Levy about the looks that they got, and he's like, after the game, he said, well, you know, if we, if we just beat defensive end and get upfield, which I'm I guess i should have followed up but gavin freeman hasn't done that all year long the the biggest gavin freeman two plays pump returning game one and the the a similar look at texas that's the only time he's done it at what point again as a coach you go is, is jeff levy just too stubborn like is that what it is that he's like i think this play is going to work and despite the fact that it's not worked once uh, and in a moment when we need it, just roll it out there again. I I do not understand the thought process that is happening on the offensive side of the football right now at Oklahoma.
0: Well, um, something that you might want to try to um, comprehend when it comes to fourth when it comes to uh, thought process and play calls is the fourth down play. Okay, in the first quarter, fourth and three at the twenty yard line, instead of a field goal. You roll, you, you send Dylan Gabriel on a, on a keeper, he gets taken down, no first down, no points. You could have used a field goal there. Now here's the deal. If I'm the coach, if I'm Baron Venables out there, you know what I'm doing? The exact same thing. I don't have any confidence that Zach Schmidt is going to roll out in these conditions, wet, windy, cold. I was watching him before the game. He tried a 51-yarder. It barely crossed the goal line. I mean, it landed about a yard into the end zone. He just didn't have it today. And right now, confidence wise, Zach Schmidt doesn't have it. So his coach clearly doesn't trust him. I saw a tweet from Parker Thune that said, Tell me you don't trust your kicker without telling me you don't trust your kicker. That was it right there. Before giving that, up points. You're giving up scoring opportunities. On
1: the third and three, didn't they run a naked bootleg too? I think so. Uh, yes, uh, for zero yards and then a loss of one yard. And then they gave up the sack again. What? Like the, the naked bootleg. College coaches, quit when you're on the one hash or the other, sprinting your quarterback out to the boundary where you're cutting off the field in half. Dylan Gabriel's not throwing way across his body, especially after he'd already thrown a pick six in this game. All Kansas had to do was cover 20% of the field, that little sliver of the field, that's exactly what they did. The play calling was atrocious. It was bad. You know what else was bad? Oklahoma
0: lost a bunch of players to injury today. Chief among them, Danny Stutzman, Uh, lower leg injury. Don't know how the severity of it, if it's sprained, bruised, broken, we don't know. Aspirant Venables, he said, yeah, I don't have a report for you, sorry. Okay, he basically took a a toe poke in the shin is what it looked like to me on that collision where he had a chance to intercept the ball in the end zone. Uh, Tight end comes by and hits him right in the shin. Look, that's what it looked like, Mm -hmm. at least the, the replay that I saw. I may have seen something different, seen something wrong. But he came back uh, two drives later, two defensive possessions later. Tried to play, played one play, and said, "Coach, I can't, can't do it. Can't move. Can't uh, plant. Can't cut. Uh, can't accelerate." So he spent the rest of the time on the bench. This is your defensive leader. This is your defensive Dylan Gabriel.
2: I, I think I think he came out and tried to play the first drive. What was it the next of, drive? Of the second half. Yeah, first snap okay. of the second yeah, half. Yeah, first. He, he, he came out and tried to play the first drive of the second half. Um, after one snap he checked himself out of the yeah. game, which for a, guy, for a guy like Danny Stutzman that's not something you see often, um, checked himself out of the game and when he was running to the sideline you could tell he was really favoring that leg, he was limping pretty hard uh, and we didn't see him the rest of the game, obviously that's going to have an effect um, I mean, when you're missing the leader and a player that talented. Mm-hmm. That being said, that's how a
1: lot of the game. Cody no, no, McKenzie no. was great. Kip Lewis was way better than Jaron Canick. Jaron Canick is still over-pursuing, which, again. He's too hyped up. Again, he, he's, he's kill everybody. He's played eight games at linebacker. Um I want to see Kip Lewis going forward. Just see what that looks like. Yeah. Kip or Lewis. Or Kip he, Lewis. He Kip Lewis was very, good today. He was
2: really good. In they, coverage. They, yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's one play we ran like 30 yards downfield with yep. Devin Neal. Mm-hmm.
1: And could've he been, fell on. Could have been flagged. Could have, but wasn't. Because uh, he tried to turn his head around. So credit there. It's something that hadn't happened to Norman in 10 years before last year. Um, Ball magnet, Kip Lewis, also was the one that yep. fell on Candace's. Yeah, yeah foot that's right. He had,
0: two, he had t- uh, that, and he had two stops on the goal line as well. Yep. So the kid just, he can absolutely flat out play. He's very productive. Uh, a couple of other injuries. Marcus Major, no, uh, no go today at all. Tawi Walker got banged up late, as we mentioned, with the lower leg injury, Ryan said. Gentry Williams, Brent Venable said, it's not going to be long-term. He, he was warming up. Yeah, he gave it a go. Um, after we, we saw him on Tuesday night. Is that right? Tuesday night after practice, and he was walking with the walking wounded into practice at the end of practice. So he didn't practice on Tuesday. We know that. Um, Peyton Bowen still limited with that uh, apparently high ankle sprain. Is that what we're calling it? Sprained foot, maybe? Uh,
1: I, I did not I did not actually make it into the Brent Middles all press conference because... Uh, a room closet, which is fine. So bad. Um, Thank you,
0: Kansas. I never want to come back here and do interviews in that tiny little room back there.
1: But yeah, he was obviously not 100% when he was in there. Something not on this list. Uh, Walter Rouse, Jacob Sexton, who yeah. I thought played really well at left tackle. Again, that wasn't why Oklahoma lost the game, but something to monitor. It was uh, a wrapped-up
2: right shoulder for Mr. Rouse, and, and he he came back in after he'd been taken yeah, a out a times. few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought that was really interesting. So, uh, not it a long
0: not a long-term injury for Walter Rouse, I would think, if he's coming back in and getting pulled, coming back in, and he played okay. I watched him closely a couple times. Um, was the all that. End, right? Oh, and then, of course, Andrew Anthony out for the year. They're still looking for answers, I think, a little bit at the wide receiver position. All that, and Oklahoma's throwing literally into the end zone on the final play of the game to try to win it. Yep. So all that we just talked about, and that's how close they came to winning it. That, uh, that play, by the way, when you think about how, Dylan, how clutch Dylan was against Texas, where he sees the rush coming, tucks his head, and then says, oh, there he is, and darts one. This one was not that. This one, he had plenty of time, and then the pocket starts collapsing. He steps up and says, i got to get rid of this football. And threw it into a crowd, and it bounced way out of bounds. It's like, that's two completely different
2: reactions. He's just not a great cold-weather quarterback, I don't think. On that final play, from what I could see, it looked like Jaden Gibson had only a guy or two on him, and that might be a chance where you maybe just throw it up to a guy who's yeah. 6'6 and let him go make right. play. This game
0: was delayed 58 minutes by Lightning. We looked it up. The 2021 game... Was delayed by a power outage <laughs> that didn't. I don't think it had anything to do with lightning. It was just Kansas's wiring was crossed or something. The 2019 Oklahoma game, we were here for that one. I was Jalen Hurts game, right? They ended up winning that game 45-20. That one was delayed by lightning for 30 minutes. I, for one, am glad I don't have to come back to Kansas. I, I, I like I the campus. This is a beautiful campus. Yeah, the campus is amazing. Lovely people. Great friends here. Football games here suck.
1: That's just a, it's, that's all there is, too.
2: This was the most miserable football <laughs> game I've ever felt in my
1: life. I can not believe it. <laughs> uh, let, me, let, me guys, uh, let me ask you guys this to so close this out. Uh, you mentioned everything that we've basically railed on for, for however long we've been going on this podcast, so I we'll have a watch up, all that stuff. Uh, and Oklahoma still has the ball back with uh, under a minute left with a chance to go down the field and win the game, despite mm-hmm. everything yep. that happened. And I think terrible mismanagement from game management, personnel decisions, all that stuff. Awful play calling. Atrocious tackling. Does that mean Oklahoma is really good? That they were almost able to overcome all of that still? Or is the Big 12 just this bad? That Oklahoma played awful a week ago and was still able to beat UCF. Played even worse somehow today. And and just, just found a way to lose the game. They snatched defeat from the jaws of victory after the Ethan Downs. Uh, interception yeah. is, is this mm. – OU is a lot – that much better and has had two really bad weeks or the Big 12 is booty? So I think – Both. I think the I Big think 12 both. is booty, and I don't think – I don't think Oklahoma's offense is that good. No, I don't think like Oklahoma's Like they, they run a lot of plays. Yeah. The play calling, uh, the inability to see what looks so clear to everyone else. When Caden Green plays left guard, they're better. Why are you fiddling? Like, that's just idiocy. There's,
0: there's things going on there. Uh, the coaching staff knows some things, obviously, that none of us do. None of you do. They're going to they're gonna rely on that. They're going to lean on that. Um, but there's some other stuff that happens that's just like Ryan said with Caden Green. It's really obvious. Yep.
1: Uh, it got them beat today. Yes, they're not making the college football playoff right. probably at twelve and one with the schedule they play. Like no. they, it might have cost them a, a playoff berth if they're able to rally. That's a huge if. If they play mm-hmm. like this, they can drop. It. They they can lose. Every, they're not going to lose every single one of the games. But if they play like this, they can lose to every single team left on their schedule. You know?
0: Yeah. Um. So O U plays. They're going to wrap up the uh, the Bedlam series
1: next week in Stillwater. Uh, We don't know the kickoff time, right? We find out tomorrow? Uh, Yeah, nothing yet. I would imagine uh, after Oklahoma State and Cincinnati get done, I don't think you have to worry about it being big noon, but it still could be an 11 a.m. kick after today.
0: Yeah, that's a possibility, 11 a.m. in Stillwater, uh, because there's some night games that other networks have already picked up, so it's going to be hard to squeeze a night game into that one. I think Oklahoma would rather play OSU at 11 a.m., um, but we'll see. Uh, right now the Cowboys are leading Cincinnati. As they're going into halftime, Cincinnati has the football, but uh, Oklahoma State is up 10-7. to So keep an eye on that one. We'll know the score, obviously, by the time this podcast ends.
2: Uh, sorry, by the time you listen to this podcast, <laughs> we'll know the score. And, I mean, we keep mentioning all these mistakes and all these you know, personnel decisions. Oklahoma's going to have to get that cleaned up before next Saturday because oh, yeah. Oklahoma State has – their team humming, and on offense they've been really, really good recently. Ollie Gordon is probably going to be a lot harder for OU defenders to tackle than Devin Neal and Daniel Hysha, so if the defensive performance looks like it did today, uh, next week could be a long, long day. Yep. You guys want to wrap it up?
0: Let's do it. Anything else? Alright, appreciate y'all listening. As always, what is it, uh, 8.30? We're in Lawrence, Kansas. We are all going to drive back to Oklahoma through the rain, through the night, uh, and we got guys already writing stuff for tomorrow's website. It's going to be posted 6 a.m. Check it out, allsooners.com. All of our stuff out there today was a huge day for all Sooners. Oklahoma had a commitment today. We yeah. didn't even mention it. That's
2: right. Yeah, uh, Reggie Powers, a safety in the 2024 class, um, formerly a Michigan State commit, four-star recruit, good get for the Sooners to kind of make a. All that was bad about today, a little better.
0: A little bit better, yeah. They got a commitment. Defensive back, right? Yeah. 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 He's supposedly a pretty good player. I haven't seen a lot of tape on him yet. Hey. Ohio product. Yeah. So uh, it comes from that uh, Ohio steel belt, rust belt, stoops kind of tough. Yeah. So I was going to ask Drake Stoops. Yeah. Ask Drake Stoops. Maybe ask Bob first and then we'll ask Drake later. Drake's from Norman.
2: No, I know. Norman. <laughs> right? well, well, because in a, Born pre- in Norman. In a presser earlier, uh, I think it was before they played that's Cincinnati, right. yeah. he was like, well, my family's from Youngstown. Yeah, I
1: had like 40 people at the game in
2: Cincinnati. <laughs> I just appreciated Drake's Stoops assuming that we
1: didn't know that his right. family's from Youngstown. That's, right. that's what I was making <laughs> was the joke fun. about, too, yeah. Uh,
0: just in case you guys didn't know. Hey, right. thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, Wednesday, right, with the All Sooners podcast. Yeah. This was episode, let me see if I can 217? find the number. 217. 217? Yes. So 217 that is correct sorry I uh, I botched that I had one job and that was to read this thing without screwing it up Uh, anyway we'll be back on uh, Wednesday with All Sooners Podcast episode 218 Uh, you can find that one and all of our shows on Apple, Google, Spotify Podbean, iHeart or anywhere you get your podcasts don't forget if you have an Amazon enabled device just say Alexa play the All Sooners Podcast Uh, and of course it's on our website allsooners.com click on the player right there on the website and listen on your phone your tablet or your computer and on youtube you'll find my youtube channel john hoover media that's where you can find all of our shows including this one that one last week's we're blowing up folks appreciate you guys listening for ryan chapman for randall sweet i'm john hoover see you guys